Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally go a little bit off topic. My name is Scott Cowie, I'm a drummer turned comedy singer songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians focusing on their careers and lives within, arguably the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every Thursday here at scottkiwi.com. And now we're on iTunes. Please subscribe, rate, review, maybe give us five stars. And for now, enjoy the show. Guest this week in the podcast... Mr. Julian Lennon. Brilliant musician, photographer, artist, and of course, the son of John Lennon. This year marks 30 years of huge success in the music industry for Julian Lennon. We're going to try and cover as much as we possibly can. It's going to be a good one. Now, just a couple of quick things before we get to our interview with Julian. We are now on Stitcher Radio, so go on to stitcher.com and you can now listen to the podcast there. And of course, we're still at my website, scottkibbe.com and of course on iTunes. Now, I kind of have been inspired. I've got my producer, Ron, with me, okay? Now, Ron, I've got to tell you this. The new app, Julian's app. Right. Um, I've got it here. It's the Through the Picture Window app, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Now, Julian... Um, there's 14 tracks on this album and the album is called Everything Changes and within this app it gives you 14 different music videos okay it gives you acoustic versions of every single track now that's probably going to be the first question I want to ask Julian on this interview it's really really good it takes you through it's got all of Julian's different artwork and I've got it right in front of me you can click on the acoustic versions as I said it's got interviews with Bono his thoughts on the album and it's a really cool app. Now Ron's got it to hand and you can go through it. And it just goes to show you, I think, how much Jillian has kept on top of things over the years. Like I said, years of success. And if you click on this bit here, it goes right. you, shows you this documentary that Jillian's made. It's fascinating stuff. JillianLennon.com. Go on to that. Look at the new DVD and the app. It's really, really good. I kid you not. And I can't wait to hear Julian's thoughts on it and telling us how this whole thing came about. Again, so let's get to an interview right now. Okay, we are back on the Talk Music Podcast with Mr. Julian Lennon. How are you, Julian? I'm, I'm, um, I think I'm okay. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I, I've had a, a positive day, so I'm in a good mood. Uh, Excellent. And yourself? Good. I'm doing all right, Julian. Yeah, not too bad at all. Um, a couple of days ago, I downloaded your Through the Picture Window app. Now, can you please tell us about the app generally and, of course, the thinking behind it? The Well, the, the art of uh, Through the Picture Window uh, or the, 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 the documentary? Which, which well, well, I, I'm... Or just the, the application in general, how oh, the, the idea app, came about. Oh, well, you see, I mean... Uh, it's a bit of a twisted story, uh, uh, and um, it's a bit roundabout, but I'll try and keep it as focused as possible. Um, when I was when I was uh, finishing the album, um, or coming to the end of the album, I I just uh, I'd, I'd seen a, a, a sort of mini documentary that Dick Carruthers had done, and I thought, you know what? You know, I wouldn't mind doing something just to update. You know, it's been 16 years since the last 
uh, tour or album or anything. So I wouldn't mind updating people on uh, where my head's at these days. Uh, uh, you know, uh, mostly something, maybe a little doco, something about the music, um, um, a little bit about White Feather, a little bit about the photography, and and where I've been and what I've been dealing with on, on, on many levels. And so we went ahead and did that, and we thought, uh, 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 you know, we put the whole DVD package together, and I thought, well, you know, apps are really... The, what's becoming the new way, in my mind, the new way forward, which is becoming your one sort of new shop window, so to speak. Uh, all things, whom, uh, you know, all things Julian Lennon or all things whatever. And um, I'd always thought about it years ago, but never actually got around to it. But once we'd done uh, the documentary and the 14 videos and the album and acoustic, but I thought, you know, this may be the right thing to do with this on this particular pro product uh, project with with the application um, and especially if these days you know there are hyperlinks and uh, uh, it's fully updatable and uh, and I, I kind of felt that this would be a good approach uh, because I've always been a bit of a a bit of a tech junkie, <laughs> you know, I, I and a, a bit of a gadget man. I always like new and innovative uh, uh, things and, uh, and, and ways to move forward, and especially as an independent artist, to get your work out there, no matter what that is. Um, so this just felt the right thing to do, and you know, I, I, I mean, not a great, not a great deal of people have, have actually seen uh, the app yet, but the ones that have, have, have sort of, I won't say marveled at it, but certainly they're, they're taken aback by uh, its complexity and how much information and uh, what can be done within an application like this, um, and I think this is probably one of the leaders in its field of, of uh, you know, showing people what you can actually do these days and, uh, you know, how you can mo move forward with as an independent artist, again, in whatever uh, medium. Um, and uh, I, I think we did that successfully. So, you know, I'm, it's, it's something that I would always consider using. Uh, you know, the likelihood is I'll, I'll probably design something towards uh, the photography work that I do in this realm as well, uh, and maybe even the, the White Feather uh, Foundation element as well. So it, it, for me, it's been a success being able to do achieve what we have achieved within the app. Um, and again, I think this is uh, uh, just the beginning, really. Yes, it's really good. It's a really good app generally. I'm wondering, is it something that you had planned out? Did you decide initially, right, okay, we're going to have 14 videos, we're going to have acoustic versions, we're going to have that documentary, or did it just develop and develop as time went on? Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you where it actually really came from. Uh, I really don't like being in front of the camera much. <laughs> and so, um, uh, uh, after the... After, after the last promo tour, I, I mean, I went around the world for a year uh, selling my soul, uh, doing anything and everything that I possibly could to promote the last project. And, I, I, and, of course, you know, with every interview and with every 
town, with every city, with every country uh, around the world, you're asked the same questions over and over and over again. And I thought this was one reason why I thought, you know, doing the documentary was a good thing. The other reason with behind the, the, the videos was, you know, I, I, videos had always been relatively important in the past. And uh, and uh, they were always very laborious, and they were always something that I really... I mean, I had my hand in sort of co-directing a few or writing the, the sort of screenplays or behind some of them, but I'd never... You know, there were always things that... Uh, a bit of a thorn in one side. So I, 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 I thought, you know, this time... What if I, you know, just sort of did a, a green screen thing and, you know, had a bit of uh, uh, some graphics behind, uh, you know, would that do? And initially that's what I did, but then I, I looked at it and went, this isn't going to cut the mustard. Listen, I'm a friggin' artist, you know, I'm going to have to work a little, little harder to make the videos a little better than this. But I thought... This, you know, knowing knowing all these things and knowing uh, that I was going to release an album uh, and all of this work and the artwork and everything else that went into this, you know, uh, this this was just a way of putting me out there without me having to be out there. So that was the key reason in 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 doing all of the work that's that's ended up in the app is that I wanted to have control over what was being seen and what was being said and for my point of view or my thoughts to be put across uh, you know and, and to only have to do it once and if anybody was interested in what I had to say or, or what I was doing then here you go there's the app thank you very much good night you know on with the next project <laughs> I mean, that, and that, literally, that was what it was all about. That's what 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 stemmed from that, and uh, obviously tied in with the, with the, with today's advances and technology. I just thought this is the perfect perfect vehicle uh, to move forward. You know, um, and once you had the basic, you know, skeleton and idea of the app, then this could be used, you know, to again to update or or to rebuild or redo things in the future, uh, and was a lot more you know, uh, and will become a lot more cost-effective. You know, obviously we designed and built that particular app, but I think there will be, you know, availability in the uh, in the not-too-distant future where you'll you'll have a skeleton app with, with kind of bolt-on, you know, what you need and what you want from it that, that uh, companies will build for you, you know. Uh, um, I mean, I, I'm kind of looking at doing that myself, so who knows? Um, but I think... Uh, you know, as as things become that people want things, materialistic things, less and less and less. So they, you know, uh, I mean, not everybody, of course, but uh, in today's world, that's the way. You know, people are getting your the the information that they want to need, or feel they feel they want to need. You know, uh, uh, to me, that makes sense in today's modern world. You know. No doubt about that. Hang on a second there, Julian. We're just going to advertise some of our previous episodes. We have a lot of good previous episodes for you guys to check out. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and of course, scottcowie.com. 
Episode 1, we had Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols. Episode 2, Huey Morgan from the Fun Loving Criminals. Episode 3, Sandy Tom. Episode 4, Brian Ray from Paul McCartney's band. Episode 5, phenomenal female guitarist, Ori Anthony. Episode 6, Bob Jacobs, the head spokesman from NASA. Episode 7, Dr. Phil Toll, who's Metallica's therapist. Episode 8, we have Graham Clark and Graham Duffin from Wet Wet Wet. Episode 9, Andy McKee. 10, Steve Craddock from Motion Colour Scene. Episode 11, Cliff Goldmarker, phenomenal producer. Episode 12, Steve White. Episode 13, Martin Taylor, MBE. 14, we had Stuart Copeland. 15, we had Tweezel Zappa. 16, we had Martin Harley. And of course, this episode right here, right now, Mr. Julian Lennon. All these episodes, once again, are available at iTunes. Please download it. Rate, review, subscribe, and of course, Stitcher Radio and ScottCowie.com. Go check them all out. Now, Steve Tyler sings on a track on the, the previous album, and you've also featured in one of his tracks. How did that come to fruition, and what was it like working with Steve Tyler generally? Well, he's now become a, a pretty good mate. Uh, in, in fact, I saw him today. He was doing some uh, story with some film crew at the uh, very uh, at the hotel that I had meetings at today. It's a very famous old hotel in Los Angeles called the Sunset Marquee, and pretty much any and every rock star, band, you name it, has been through here at, at one time or another. Um, and, I, I mean, literally, I was staying here on a whole promo uh, uh, campaign. I was here for a month uh, a few years ago, and uh, he was... Um, he was literally staying at this, the next villa, uh, and uh, he started singing, uh, and, and I said, Stephen? And uh, we, we actually bumped into each other in the hotel bar. Uh, not that he, he uh, partakes anymore. He's a good boy these days. Um, and, uh, you know, he walked in the bar, and I walked up beside him and grabbed his elbow and said, you know, Mr. Tyler, uh, I said, it's Mr. Lennon, uh, the other Mr. Lennon. And he turned around and said, hey, Jules, because apparently we'd crossed paths, I don't know, in my, t- in my 20s, or maybe, uh, maybe even when we were recording the first album in New York at the Hit Factory, but it would have been a fleeting moment. Um, anyway, it, I was uh, overjoyed to, to kind of uh, meet him properly because I'd been a fan of Aerosmith since the first time I came to America and heard them on the radio here. Um, I, you know, they were one of my favorite rock bands, without question. And so to be able to meet him and, you know, chat with him was great. And he literally initially invited me down to the studio because they were putting a new album together. And uh, he, he said, come along and have a listen. So I went down to have a listen. And then he said, why don't you sing a, a little bit? I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, I mean, we've, the album's pretty much finished, but, you know, if you want to just sing with Stephen, uh, this is the producer, sing, sing with Stephen on these one or two lines, then just let's do it. And I did, and I was like, wow, I just sang with Stephen Tyler. So, you know, I was, I, was, I was overjoyed at that, even though it was only two words, hello and goodbye. But then, you know, I was thinking about the release, because I'd only 
released the album, the original Everything Changes album, in the UK only. So it was not released anywhere else in the world. So um, I, I, you know, had a hard think about it. And I thought, well, I've met Stephen. Wouldn't it be great? I wonder if he would consider writing a, a song with me, you know. And, and I'd put it on the, the, the US or sort of the real worldwide release of the album. Because uh, it's not a re-release because it wasn't re released uh, previously, uh, except for the UK. So, uh, you know, he said yes. Uh, time was limited, though, because they were finishing the album. They were rehearsing to go on the road and literally about to get on the tour bus. So, I mean, we literally wrote the song together in two hours. Um, I put the track down while he was doing a lot of other stuff. And then he came in for what must have been uh, the best part of an hour maximum uh, before he literally got on the tour bus and drove away and left me with the track. And, you know, he, he sang 101 things. And it was, it was a question of editing all of that down to make sense, uh, uh, which we did in the end. And I, I, you know, I'm very thankful. And I love the track. I personally love the track. And it was, the, you know, the first sort of release here in the U.S. with the video that we did. And, uh, uh, I, I, you know, um, again, we bumped, uh, as I said, I bumped in, into him today. And he um, and uh, we talked about. You know, I think he's 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 doing, he's working on a solo project, so there may be an opportunity for us to write again, which I would love, of course. You know, it was a pleasure. Oh, fingers crossed that will come to fruition again. That would be that would be fantastic, Julian. Now, obviously, Stephen Tyler's a, a massive Beatles fan, and they've they've done a couple of great covers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, is as far as um, I've been trying to get a hold of your book in the last few days, actually, of course, the Beatles memorabilia, yeah. the Julian Lennon collection. Now, I've got to ask you, what's your favourite pieces of Beatles slash John Lennon memorabilia that you currently own? Uh, hmm. uh, there would probably be two things, to be honest with you. One would be, uh, which is much more personal and the reason I started the collection in the first place, uh, one would be the actual monkey bike that Dad and I, we used to ride together on. I mean, obviously I was the passenger at the age of three, but um, <laughs> uh, the monkey bike is, is, is probably one of my it's one of my 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 top hit uh or or equal billing would be uh some um original um uh some uh, original uh, uh, uh jottings of lyrics for imagine which i managed to get my my hands on um so that's pretty prized although that hasn't made an appearance yet at any in any book or any uh exhibition that we've put on for uh, uh the spirit of lennon which you know i did the whole thing in liverpool with uh, with with the memorabilia um a few years ago and we're thinking of doing some more more exhibitions of the work so we'll see we'll see but those two are probably the the most important for varying reasons you know Great stuff. Now, you mentioned White Feather earlier. Of course, we've got the White Feather Foundation. I've heard a lot about how um, about how the, the, the name the White Feather came about. Can you share that story with us, please, Gillian? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll try and keep it short and sweet. It's a bit, bit long and twisted, but... Um Dad had mentioned to me years ago that, uh, you know, if something ever happened to him, that one way or another, he would let me know that either he was going to be all right or everything was going to be all right by by seeing a white feather in some way, shape, or form. 
I think it was initially floating across the room, but I, I can't be sure. It was too many years ago. Uh, anyway, 16 years ago in Adelaide, while I was on a tour, uh, which was the last sort of promo and world tour I did, uh, I was uh, I was summoned down to the lobby by uh, the hotel management saying, excuse me, Miss Lennon, but there's an Aboriginal tribe in the lobby with film crews and they want to see you. I said, excuse me, what are you talking about? They said, no, we're very serious. Uh, could you come down to the lobby, please? So I go down to the lobby and uh, there is indeed... Uh, an Aboriginal tribe in the lobby with film crews. Um, and the elders walk up to me and they present me with a large male swan's white white feather. And at that point in time, I sort of goosebumps hit and I thought, well, all right, well, is this what I think it is? Um, uh, either, you know, and they came up to me and they said, can you help us? You have a voice uh, because they, they, they dealt with... Uh, so many problems you don't even want to go into the list about it but you know um, uh, and I said well you know it was that point do I step up to the plate or you know hide under a rock and I, I figured well I better step up to the plate so I said I'll do what I can and that's when I spent 10 years uh, making a documentary about them and other indigenous tribes around the world that were suffering the same plight, uh, you know, uh, mistreated by governments and this, that, and the other, and thrown off their land. And, and I thought, well, if the documentary does well, then how am I going to give uh, uh, the tribes uh, some money to keep their culture alive and their education and still support them? And they, the one that really made sense was uh, that I was advised that would work the best was to actually start a foundation. And so it was, uh, you know, I, there was a few names thrown at the wall, but after that experience, you know, I, I, you know, I just decided that the White Feather Foundation would be the best and more, most appropriate name uh, for that. And so from that day forth, which was, I, th I think, 2007, uh, maybe further back, uh, you know, I've just been doing whatever I can uh, to 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 help uh, via White Feather, and I've been uh, involved in a lot of you know uh, projects around the world, uh, uh, helping people and bringing clean water to people's lives and where they where they had none, and all kinds of uh, projects with NGOs in different countries around the world. So that's 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 where that all comes from. Excellent. Of course, to donate clean water, you can go onto Julian Lennon's website and we'll have that link up for you all to see. Now, Julian, generally the application that you that we spoke about earlier is very groundbreaking. I think it will be able to look back upon as that. Now, what advice generally would you like to give young songwriters, young aspiring songwriters and musicians generally um, about trying to make it in the modern day industry? Oh, God. <laughs> um... Uh, run, run the other way. <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 increasingly more difficult, I think, as the years go by, uh, for new artists because of the amount of artists that are clearly out there these days. But I think, you know, even uh, uh, myself as an independent artist, certainly the road is not paved in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, because I'm still here 30 years later, so, um, and that's, 
Uh, and that's purely down to my pure stubbornness, <laughs> but also a belief in in myself and the work that I do. And you know, uh, you know, it's heartbreaking at times. It's very, very tough at times. You really do want to throw it all away and uh, and you know uh, do something else in life, uh, which I have you know walked away from the industry many times. But because there's that inherent love for music uh, and creativity and art, I, I, I can't. I can't stop. Um, so it's, it, it, again, I, I think it's just a question in in keeping at it and, and believing in yourself no matter what's thrown at you. Um, and again, you know, there is an opportunity these days to be heard where there was none before. You know, you really do have an audience of millions of people. Yeah, sure, you've got to get it out there and you've got to be seen and heard. And that's why you've got to, you know, work a lot behind that. I mean, I, you know, my my social media is something I take very seriously and uh, and deal with and work on every day on a on a personal level. There is no company that runs that for me. I I am literally out there every day saying hello. Uh, and uh, you know, talking to my audience. So I think that's hugely important uh, to be able to, you know, a link with with the people that like what you do, and they in turn, uh, uh, you know, support you. And you know, it, it all becomes word of mouth, which is a, a great foundation to build upon. Absolutely, Julian. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Promise me, if you ever do go back on the road, you've got to come to Scotland, right? Yes, I, well, listen, I had a great time. The, the one and only time I did play up there, I had one of the best shows I can remember, that's for sure, and I kid you not. Um, so, listen, yes, thank you very much, Scott, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll catch up one day. Big thanks to Julian Lennon and, of course, everyone that was involved in helping us arrange that interview. Ron, you are impressed with this app, aren't you? I can tell Ron has not had the phone out of his hand with, the, of course, the app that we referred to earlier and that Julian was talking about. What do you think? I think it's great. Just the, the graphics on it are really good. The user interface is flawless, I'd say. Um, really smooth and, you know, just click where you want to go and it shows you the things that you want to see. It's got all the acoustic versions, it's got all those different videos, it's great stuff and of course Julian seems to be the head of the game, all that kind of stuff. Now next week we've got Carol Kay, who's an amazing bass player. Now a lot of you guys might not have heard of Carol, but here's the thing, uh, just hang tight here because this is an impressive CV. Carol has played bass and guitar with the Beach Boys, Phil Spector, The Doors, Richie Valens, Frank Sinatra, Nancy Sinatra, Glenn Campbell, Sonny and Cher, Joe Cocker, Barbara Streisand, Ray Charles, Frank Zappa, Ike and Tina Turner, Simon and Garfunkel, The Righteous Brothers, Gary Lewis and the Playboys, The Monkees, Howard Roberts, Joe Pass, Elvis Presley, to name but a few. Ron, is that a decent CV, would you say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now... Carol is an absolute legend and I cannot wait for her to be on the podcast next week. Stitcher Radio, scottcowie.com and of course on iTunes. Please subscribe and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>